Welcome to another edition of the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast. It's a new episode, Stands and Fits, episode number 93 of uh, this iteration of the podcast. From the Carl Chevrolet Studios in Ankeny, if you're looking to buy a newer pre-owned vehicle, Carl Chevrolet in Ankeny, Carl Chevrolet and Stewart are the places to go. You can check them out online, carlchevrolet.com, carlchevroletstewart.com, exit 90 off I-35 at The Rock in Ankeny, and Stewart just west of the Des Moines Metro on I-80. You can see it right there from the interstate. Call Chevrolet. What's up, Fitz? Not much as usual. First 2020 edition of this podcast, so that's exciting. It is. We did essentially a special edition of Stands and Fitz for the radio show last week. Yep. We should have. We could have called it like a. That's like a episode 93A. This is 93B. Yeah, it kind of is. Although it's it's hard because when you're on the radio, you can't really get off topic like we do sometimes. Like you, you totally had to stay focused and locked in. Right. We tried to at least. Yeah. We tried to. And I think it, we, I think we did. Yeah, I thought it was a good show. Yeah. We we kind of ran out of gas a little bit at the end. We did. We had a. We kind of planned on filling it up with basketball and had to talk a little bit of football at the end. But I think it, I think it went all right. That radio show is always tough because. I mean, last week it was a little different just because we hadn't had as much content during the week. Mm. But uh, usually I will have done, by the time we get to Thursday, I will have done football and random things, this podcast, mm. sometimes Title Nine, sometimes, you know, Chris will do the Thursday thesis or whatever. I mean, we've, we've usually done two or three different podcasts. Yep. And then you get to that radio show and you're like, what else can I talk about? What else do we talk about now? How, yeah. do, how do we make this where it's not us talking about the same things that we've already talked about? so far during the week but that's why it's usually good to have bloom on there because bloom doesn't New, fresh perspective yeah it doesn't get to to talk as much on the on the network yep so it's always good to get him in there and, and hear his voice hopefully we'll uh, get to hear the sweet tones of brent bloom before too long yeah he's been busy lately man i don't think i've seen brent in. i it might have been since before thanksgiving I mean, he, I, I'm, I'm serious that job he has running around and he's obviously got the the kids now too so He's a busy guy. Yeah, I, I really think it might be have been before Thanksgiving since I've seen Brent Bloom, which yeah. is which is insane. I was wondering if he'd show up to the Cyclone get together around the holidays there, but he did not. Nope. Nope. No. No. Brent Bloom. We never even recapped that on the podcast. I I left for oh. Orlando and we never even got to talk about it. It, well, was, we can, it was a great time. We can briefly do that now. Yeah. It was. Uh, so what we start we started off the night. The Jethro's, yeah. Jethro's. We thought we'd be going to Fong's, but that, that fell through. We're told it was a two hour wait ended yeah. up being like a 15 minute wait but we'd then, already left yeah yeah but it was all good uh you guys got to experience the greatness of grubs pub yeah that here was uh, in, here in beautiful ankeny iowa i would not have gone there had it not been for our get together that's for sure man you haven't lived until you've been to at least one bar in the morton building that i will say that that is the most southern iowa bar that probably exists in ankeny i guess that bar's not in a morton building it might as well be I mean, it's, it's about as close to a Morton building as you're ever going to find. Yeah. It's not actually a Morton building, but no, I love that bar. Like if you're from a rural part of Iowa, then you'll fit right in at that bar. Yeah. If there's more trash than people in your bar, like, and I'm not saying like people, I'm like trash people. I'm saying like literal trash. Yeah. You're piled up in one of the corners. Yeah. Like one of the the booths is just dedicated to all the storage. Yeah. Essentially it's a closet. Like they don't have, they don't have a storage closet. So they just put, it's like, ah, nobody sits over there anyway. Just throw it over there. Uh, then you definitely would fit in at a Southwest Iowa bar. Mm-hmm. And and that's what Grubbs Pub is. Man, we need to do, we need to do like some sort of game watch at Grubbs Pub sometime. 
that place would fill up fast. Or do a Cyclone Fanatic karaoke event. That that would be the fun part. Yeah. Yeah. I do like a either you could either do a pregame or a postgame karaoke, like just go all out. Or even just a Saturday night, you know? Yeah. Like just do a Saturday night with Cyclone Fanatic karaoke night at Krebs Pub. Yeah. I mean if you pair that with a road game, it'd work out perfectly. Man, that would be phenomenal. <laughs> File that away in the in the bank for 2020. Yep. Uh, today on the podcast, I mean, we've got some stuff we can talk about. Yeah. We can talk back to the Camping World Bowl. Probably not. Don't uh, really want to do that that badly. Yeah. It's been two weeks. I think I'm good. Uh, we can talk some hoops. Talk to, talked a lot of hoops today with Nick Graham. If mm-hmm. you really want to dive deep into Iowa State basketball, you can listen to that one before the game against Kansas Wednesday night. Uh, but then there's just some other myriad of topics I'm sure that we can get onto. Yeah. Do you want to just knock out, like, there, we have a couple other football topics. Obviously, the coaching carousel is kind of revolving at this point. Um, yeah, the coaching carousel is back in motion now because of assistance and stuff like that. Yep. So, uh, first piece, Alex Golish leaves Iowa State. Uh, had, had done a very nice job as the Cyclones' tight end coach. Yep. Fan favorite on the Cyclone Fanatic podcast network uh, over the last several years. He is headed to be the co-offensive coordinator and tight ends coach at Central Florida. Yep. We wish Coach Golish the best of luck. Definitely. Great guy. He's always been very good to me. I appreciate all of his help over the years, but uh, and we're sad to see him go to Orlando. I'm sure it's always refreshing as a media type, just like when you get guys that interview well and like they're open about what they want to like tell you. Yeah. And you appreciate those. Yeah. Coach Golish is a good dude. Uh, I, I'm sure I could tell the story now, but I remember, um, well, I mean, it's not big story but yeah i remember sitting in his office like the the winter after their first season here sitting in there doing an interview with him just me and him and i sat in there for probably and probably two hours mm-hmm. just bsing with them just just hanging out uh that was a start of a very good friendship i think that me and him had mm-hmm. he uh one time i tweeted out that i needed um tickets to a game a basketball game mm-hmm. for a couple friends. It wasn't for me. Yeah. Um, he he sent me a text message. He said, are you still looking for those tickets? Uh, and he gave me his two tickets that he had. Oh, just, nice. Just gave them to my friends. That's so, awesome. Uh, he's a very good dude. Yeah. He's a, an awesome guy. Yeah. We'll miss him. So um, on the football side of things. On the football side of things, I expect that position to be filled rather quickly. Like it, the speculation is it by the end of this week even. Yes, that is, uh, that's kind of from what I understand. Mm-hmm. From I, I think that that will move very quickly. Um, whether or not there will be any other moves remains to be seen. At this point, it would not surprise me. Obviously, he was a big deal in that tight end room, have a really good group of guys in there. But would you say, like, do you think the biggest impact of his loss is probably in the recruiting side of things? I'm not sure. Probably. Probably. Um, I mean, I think he did a really good job with the tight ends, but I think you've got some guys on, I think you have at least one guy on that staff that would obviously make a very natural move to being the tight ends coach. If you wanted to go out and find a new running back, running backs coach or whatever you wanted to do. Uh, And that would obviously be Tom Manning who coached tight ends for the Indianapolis Colts. So maybe they'll do that where Mm -hmm. they'll shuffle him over there, go find a new running backs coach or something like that. I don't know. Um, But like I said, I don't expect that position to be open for very long. And who knows what other kind of shuffling they might do. It wouldn't surprise me if there's something. A lot of people kind of, I don't know if it's jokingly or not jokingly at all, have thrown out that they could go and get a special teams coordinator since they technically haven't had one since Joe Houston left for Alabama. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I get it. (laughs) Uh, But like at the same time, like who are you, what are you getting rid of? I mm -hmm. mean, you've got five coaches on the defensive side and then you only have 
at this point, what? You have four yeah. on offense. Isn't that right? I think so. McDonald, yeah. McDonald, Rashid, Vite, Capone, Haycock. Yeah. It, it wasn't even 5 5 split before he left. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess you could, but how would you do that then? I mean, you just have four guys on offense. I don't think it's that big of a deal, right? Well, yeah, but you've got, then you'd have, uh, you wouldn't have anybody to coach your tight ends. I mean, you would you move the tight ends when with the receivers or yeah, something? Yeah, you essentially move them over. It kind of. Uh, I don't know about that. I don't know how I like that. I don't know. I mean, I get the 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 appeal for a a, a special teams coordinator. Yeah. But I think if you were going to do it, you probably better just lump the safeties and cornerbacks together rather than or like have Coach Haycock go back to coaching a position mm. rather than having uh, rather than like just not filling one of your offensive positions. I think yeah. you better have a tight ends coach before you have a, you know, safety yeah. or DB coach. Fair point. Although I, a lot of people would, Singularly. Would, would point at the, the uh, unfortunate lack of results from special teams and be like, well, they could definitely put at least a little more focus on that this off season. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think I don't envision in that happening. Yeah. I, I'll, I don't, I'll tell I, you that. I, I, yeah. I agree. Like I'm, I'm just bringing this up because other people have said it. Yeah. But, but I mean, yeah, as far as filling that role, I don't think they're going to, whoever they bring on will not be only special teams. However, I do think they'll, they'll probably change the way internally that, that they handle it. In I, I think that's a good idea. I think yeah. that changing the way they handle it internally is probably a good plan yeah. because that was a disaster. Yeah. For the, well, and really like, the kick return units weren't that bad. The only question the about only the, one bad one was the yeah. Kansas State game. And if you lump in punt returns too, it's kind of like the the decision. If well, you, yeah, that's the other. That was the other one. That was the yeah. one that really lagged behind. Yeah, the fair catch versus not fair catch versus everything else. Well, and then like kicking was fine. Obviously, you would prefer to have a guy who can get it to the end zone every time. But mm -hmm. I mean. I would have to look at the numbers. Their kick return unit was not bad. Yeah. Their, their kick off unit was not bad. And kick you should also is good. I think you should also point out that Kansas state's return guy. He's going to be really good. Yeah. He's a, he's a game changer. Yeah. What did he have? Like four kickoff returns for touchdowns this yep. year. And, and then he, he had one in the bowl game. Yeah. And he's a freshman, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so Josh he's Youngblood. Gonna, he's going to be good for two more years at least. He's basically a character from a uncle drew. <laughs> get. Exactly. Uh, Youngblood. Uh, and then, yeah, the punt return was the was the problem. Kicking yes. wasn't a problem in my mind. I mean, for the most no. part. I mean, Connor Sally's just fine. Yeah, he's not an elite kicker. He's not a bad kicker. He's just he's good, not great. He's just a solid kicker. Yep. And at the end of the day, I, that's enough. There's yeah. a lot of programs out there that are looking to just even be solid in the kicking. Especially when you consider the lack of kicking Iowa State has had at times. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so that's that's what the deal is with Coach Golish. I don't like it. I would not be surprised if by the time we do a podcast next week, that position is not filled. That'll be fun to watch. Yeah. Um, and then today, breaking news coming out of Waco, Texas, Matt Rule is headed to Carolina to be the new head coach of the Panthers. No surprise. I think that he was leaving to take over somewhere. I think maybe there was some surprise, some surprise that it wasn't to be the coach of the Giants, mm -hmm. considering his background in the Northeast. Uh and I don't think it's a surprise to anybody either that he left just because it, every year he's kind of flirted with those opportunities. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't remember the numbers off the top of my head, but I think he's what approaching like eight to nine million a year yeah. uh, to go to the NFL, which is a yes, great payday. Seven years, 70 million, I think. Which is amazing. And then obviously the, the Panthers are, I think, much closer than the Giants are to being a like a force in the NFL, especially with Christian McCaffrey back there. So I think it makes more sense for him to go to where he did. It'll be interesting to see what Coach Rule does with his 
franchise quarterback that has been <laughs> has kind of become a disaster over the last year. Yeah, I suspect that Cam Newton will not be playing in Carolina next year. Yeah, I wouldn't think so either. There's some interesting quarterback carousel things that could happen this year. Yeah. And Phil Rivers is, and yeah. Tom Brady, obviously, will be interesting to see. Yeah, some real interesting free agents. And then obviously, this is a good quarterback draft class as well coming out. Right. Man, I, I'm speaking of that. What do you think Brady's going to do? <laughs> well, uh, I, I I think he I think he'll be back on the Patriots personally. I don't think he leaves. However, I, I can't think so either. It, it just seems like that it would be so wrong to see him anywhere else but New England. Yeah. But I think it is fun to speculate. Like, there's been a lot of talk that what if he went to the Cowboys? And I know they had Dak, Dak Prescott, but like, could you imagine if Tom Brady was behind that offensive line, which is a real good offensive line? Yeah. Ezekiel Elliott, which is probably the best running back that he'd ever play with right. over his entire career. And then obviously, if they re signed Amari Cooper. I mean, that's just another great receiver. So it's like, right. there's a lot of potential there. Yeah. And I think too, like the Patriots, I mean, I, I think that they're going to bring him back just because who else do they even have on that roster quarterback? Uh, that's a great question. I couldn't name New England's back a quarterback right now. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, you got rid of Jimmy G because, mm -hmm. because Tom wanted to play a couple more years. Yep. So like maybe they'll draft someone, maybe they'll try and trade up in the draft or something like that and draft somebody just to kind of groom behind him for one more year yeah sign him for one more season or something although we, we've been saying the the tom brady air like for every year for the past what five six years they're gonna draft the the backup who will eventually take over the reins and it never happens because he keeps he keeps on aging with grace well yeah but he also i think pushes people out too like when he thinks that they're actually better than him yeah like i think jimmy g i think there was a lot more to that scenario than just like yeah they wanted to get some stuff for Jimmy G. I think that Tom Brady didn't want Jimmy G around. Yeah, think. you're probably not wrong. Uh, but no, I, I I cannot imagine him going out that way. Obviously, though, when you do think back to like a guy like Peyton Manning, it, it, at the time, it was weird to think about him not being in a Colts uniform and going elsewhere. But him going to Denver ended up working out pretty well for him, obviously. Yeah, he won a Super Bowl. Exactly. Went, to, went to another one. Yep. Was the MVP that one year, I think. Those two years, especially where they had that really good offense. When he was horrible that last year yeah. when it, he when fell they, off a cliff when they actually won the super bowl yeah uh he had a dead arm he, he was just you could just tell it was time to be done uh but i mean i i just i can't imagine him outside of a patriots uniform and the thing about the thing about tom brady is i think the the people who have been against tom brady all of all the years have been like yeah he's a system quarterback and it's only he is only succeeding because of belichick yeah so if he were to leave then you would be able to finally determine whether that's a fact or an opinion i think if he was going to leave then he would be going somewhere where he would have a very good chance to win like where they just need a quarterback yeah like san diego i mean they kind of just need like they need a quarterback you know yeah what about even like pittsburgh like they kind of need a quarterback. Another thing uh, I think I heard on Cowherd the other day is that if he was going to go somewhere else, I think he'd probably go somewhere where it's warm yeah. because typically when you age, San like Diego, there you go. everything, everything yeah. hurts in the cold more than it did. Yeah. So San Diego would make a lot of sense. Dude, I will say though, that while I was watching that game, so, uh, was that Saturday night? Mm -hmm. um, if that not their last drive when he threw the pick six, but the drive before that, after the Tennessee, after Tennessee did their whole run the clock down and like that yeah. really goofy way type of thing, exploit the clock, yeah, breaking like exploiting the rules and all that stuff. Uh, if that would not, if on that drive when they got the first down right away, like they were backed up at what like the five, mm -hmm. and then they hit for like a thirty yard pass to get to the thirty six, which is where Tennessee would have given them the ball anyway, if they would have tried to go for it on fourth and four, 
com- but completely different thing. Uh, and then I think they got it into like second and six or something like that. And then uh, right after that, they he tried to throw the little like stick route to Julian Edelman, mm-hmm. and Edelman dropped it. Mm-hmm. If he wouldn't have dropped that pass, I think they would have gone down and scored. Oh yeah, that that to me was like when that that drive was starting. I was just like, oh, we've seen this too many times. Like they're about to march right down the field, put themselves in position to score, and this is just gonna be so typical Tom Brady. And then Edelman dropped it, and you're like, yeah, oh no, like they, this really it might not happen now. Yeah, it, it was the thing that like broke them, and I think that even. I almost wonder if it was like that shook everybody. Edelman dropped the pass and it's like, whoa. That's not supposed to happen. Right. Like Edelman doesn't drop the ball. What yeah. What is going on right now? You know? And yeah, I, I think that that was the thing that was like, that was the first time when I was like, damn, they might really actually lose. Like yeah. this seems to really all be going against them. You're not wrong. And crazy how, like, again, I, I tweeted this out over the weekend, but it's like, it's crazy that Ryan Tannehill and Kirk Cousins beat Tom Brady and Drew Brees this weekend. Yeah. Drew Brees was the third best quarterback in that game. Yeah, you're not wrong. It's time for them to, <laughs> not for them to cut bait necessarily, but it might be time for Drew to hang him up. How how much did Taysom Hill remind you of Joel Lanning when he was in there? Oh, he's basically what all of us like thought Joel Lanning would be in the NFL. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it, I mean, I feel like if you if you swapped out Taysom Hill for Joel Lanning. He might have been Lanning, the best football player in the game. Just pure football player. Yeah. Dude, he's on everything. Yeah. Catching the ball, running the ball, blocking. throwing the ball, blocking. Yeah tackling he's on every special teams like that dude is unreal it's kind of incredible how many things he can do at such an elite level yeah well he would have got that first down on the fake punt too if they would have been set yep. late then late in the game that would have been a crucial play too that would have been that would have been the ultimate uh vikings fan kick to the kick to the balls <laughs> for them to, to give up <laughs> yeah. a fake punt fourth down yeah yeah no i Taysom hills is big time but uh i Man, he might have even been the fourth best quarterback. Teddy might have been better than what Drew Brees was in that game. I mean, Teddy, what, was undefeated this year when he came in to start for Brees. Yeah. So. Brees just was like, you could tell that the mobility was a problem. Yeah. Once, he, they, once they started putting pressure on him, it, was, it wasn't very and even, good. And even his arm motion, I think it, it's starting to look like he's just a little, he's trying to, his body might not be working the exact way it used to be. And I think like you can tell like whatever motion he's using now is trying to conserve his arm a little bit. Yeah. How do you feel about the Vikings going to San Francisco? Not great. Yeah, no. <laughs> I think that this is the the classic Vikings win an emotional game and they come out and do a thud the next game. Yeah, I was I watched the game at school with a friend of the program, Dave Sproul, and um, I told him after I was like, man, you know, like two years ago with the Minnesota Miracle, like you're playing at home. Mm-hmm. It was a divisional game, not the conference championship or not the wild card game. For them just to win that one was like relief. Mm-hmm. You're like, man, I, I really <laughs> wanted them to win. You yeah. know, this one, I went into it. I thought they were getting their butts kicked. I, yeah. I had no, I had no idea that they were going to win. Yeah. Drew Brees plays a lot better at home. Yeah. And then after the game, I was like, man, like now if they go and get their butts kicked, like I can sit there and be like, well, I didn't think they were going to win last week. Yeah, so exactly. It, it doesn't even bother me now. Yeah. But. I mean, the nice thing is there's no pressure on the Vikings, but at the same time, like now that you've gotten to this point, there is that like one percent of me that's like, please just win a road playoff game. That's you know, you know, another road playoff game. You get to get to the NFC Championship game for once. Man, who do you? Okay, so who's on the other side? Seattle and Green Bay. Yes, dude. Uh, Green Bay and Minnesota NFC Championship game would be 
off the chain. Would be crazy. <laughs> yeah, that would be crazy. Uh, yeah, and I don't want to get ahead of ourselves there, and I'm not expecting the Vikings to no, win. No, 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 I don't either. But yeah, that would that would uh, bring the rivalry to an all time high. Right. That would be well, and you know, it'd be like snowing. Yeah. At Lambeau. Oh man, that would be insane. Probably a 30 mile per hour wind. Right. That would be nuts. Yeah. I think that that would actually play into the Vikings' favor. Yeah, especially with how good their run game's been. Yeah. And now I got myself thinking. Yeah, but you, I mean, I'm not thinking past Saturday, no, personally. No, no. I think the 49ers are a real good team. Yeah, and I think they're kind of just going to grind the Vikings down. Right, right. It'll be a, it'll be a good game. I um, but no, I I would like to see them win that game. Yeah, dude. I, I was the nice thing too about this year's Super Bowl is it's not going to have Tom Brady in it. Yeah. I think about all the, the you know the years past where it's like oh God who is going to be from the NFC playing the Patriots this year, and now we don't have to worry about that. I think even if if they'd won, I don't think they were going to beat the Chiefs. No, or the or the Ravens, whoever they ended up, you know, going against. They would have played the Chiefs, wouldn't they? I think this because um, the Titans play the Chiefs, don't they? Yeah. No, no, the Texans play the Chiefs. Okay, so the Titans play the Ravens. Ravens, yeah. So I mean, Ravens or Chiefs are, I think, are both better than the Patriots this year, yeah. no matter no and, matter what. And that's where I was like, I was like, man, I just feel like it's destined to be Lamar versus Mahomes. For yeah. the AFC Championship game, that's mm. going to be like a passing of the torch moment. I think you know? the the ultimate personal like matchups that I want is obviously Vikings, Packers, Ravens, Chiefs. That would be like that'd be phenomenal, full on fun NFL best you can get for me. Right, and I think, man, I think the Chiefs defense is a lot better now. I feel like the Chiefs are going to go to the Super Bowl. I, I'm pretty, I feel pretty yeah. good about that. And I like the Ravens. I like Lamar. I like the way they play. Mm-hmm. I just like that they're kind of trying to prove like that you can have this mobile quarterback who's primarily a runner yeah. and and can win. But man, I like the Chiefs. Yeah. I, I like their team. I can see the Chiefs having a real good game plan to shut down the Ravens if they end up playing. Yeah, they got to get past the Titans first, which the Titans really run the ball well too. With yeah, Derek and they've been really hot over the last couple of months too. Yeah, but I think that that'll be a, or I, I mean the Texans. Whatever T team it is. I keep getting confused. I was talking to somebody else saying about them playing the Titans and they're like, wait, they play the Texans. Yeah. Oh yeah. Think about that on the AFC side. You have, you have Pat Mahomes, you have Lamar Jackson, you have Deshaun Deshaun Watson and and then Ryan Ryan Tannehill. One of these things is not like the others. Yeah. Well, and then in the NFC side, it's like all, I mean, it's Kirk Cousins. Elite. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And then Rogers and Wilson. Yeah. And, uh, and Garoppolo. Jimmy G. yeah. Yeah. It's like, you're probably for the most part like unless it's the Packers or Seahawks you're going to end up with somebody new yeah on both sides in the mm-hmm. Super Bowl which, which is, I think will be good yeah which is good for for more casual NFL fans like myself I would say right man the the like national people will all be up in arms if it's like about the ratings the oh potential yeah ratings like if it's I, Kansas City and Minnesota the articles are probably already pre-written at this point yeah let's be honest Kansas City and Green Bay they'll yeah. be like oh Oh, no one's gonna watch this. No one's gonna watch the game. Yeah. No one. Even Baltimore, I feel like people will be like, "Oh, no one's gonna watch this." Yeah, probably not. Man, I, just, I think it'll be fun though. Like you said, to get Brady out of there is as good as anything. Yeah, else. Brady, Big Ben, and Peyton Manning are the three guys, or the three guys who have been in so many AFC representation from yeah. that side of things. Who else has even represented the? AB? I mean, Joe, Joe Flacco is like the only yeah. one, isn't it? I think it is. Yeah. Man, how crazy is that? It's like all these other guys, and then there's just Joe Flacco sprinkled in there. The testament to how good those quarterbacks are. Yeah, no and, kidding. And Joe Flacco. No kidding. <laughs> uh, right. Uh, all right. Let's uh, let's turn the page quickly to basketball. 
uh, tough loss on Saturday against um, against TCU. How do you feel going into tomorrow night against the Jayhawks? Uh, not great, Bob. Not great. I don't think it's going to be a complete blowout, but I don't think that Iowa State will win this game, obviously. I think this, this, this season is just primed for Iowa State to lose a bunch of games by like five points. Yeah, I could see this being the kind of game where Kansas gets out to like a 10-point lead and just kind of keeps them at that length the entire game. Yeah, this is one of those ones where the first four minutes of each half, which I talk about that a lot, especially on Twitter, like during games, mm. they will be especially crucial in this game. Yeah. Where the you got to win that first four minutes. You yeah. got to get the crowd into it. You got to get everybody rocking a little bit before yeah uh, before anything. I would say I, that. I would even start to think about Iowa State winning the game. Again, like kind of how we talked about other games this year it's like if iowa state gets down they're not ready to battle back to get themselves back in the game so i think if if they're going to have any chance of winning this upcoming game they need to get out to a five to ten point lead and kind of hold on to that into halftime and the other thing is too like this kansas team is different even than the like last year's and the one before they really defend Mm -hmm. that's where they like they're 14th nationally in kempom on offense Mm -hmm. but they're second in the nation on defense yeah and like they get after people, they play really hard. Yeah, and it helps when you've got Azubuke underneath, who is I've I figured out today is probably going to finish as the NCAA's all-time leader in career field goal percentage. Yeah, uh, who I, I I saw you quoted that stat, but who who currently holds the record? You know, uh, I don't know if you I don't know if you looked man, that up I, or not. Yeah, I had it pulled up. <laughs> it's not like Wilt Chamberlain or someone like that, is it? No, 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 no. Some, uh, he has the, he has the NBA season like single season record. Um, I'm trying to see if I can, I know I had it Mm -hmm. pulled up before. Here it is. Uh, it is, it is Steve Johnson from Oregon state. Oh yeah. Him. 1977 to 1981 career field goal percentage, 60, 67.8%. So he made two out of three of his shots. Yeah. Uh, you want to know what Doke's career field goal percentage is? It's it's something crazy like 70 some, isn't it? Yeah, so he has to have well he has to have uh 400 career makes to qualify, but he's got 378 right now. So uh, he's going to get there unless he gets injured. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh Doke comes into tomorrow night shooting 75.5% from the field in his career. Yeah, that's blowing the the Steve guy out of the water. Yeah. 75.5%. Uh, this year, he's 70 for 87 from the field. 70 for 87. That's He's missed six shots in their last six games. That, that's a and stat. And then he went six for six on Saturday against West Virginia. That's the kind of stat that you look at and you read and you think it's a typo. Yeah. But it's not. Uh, but this one is even better. So he'll, he'll finish his career shooting 75.5%. I mean, like if it probably above 70% from the field in his career. Mm-hmm. He's currently shooting 38% for his career from the free throw line. <laughs> that just goes to show if you're, if you're not directly underneath the basket, uh, you won't shoot that well. I don't know, man. He's so big and strong. Like it, they list him at 270, but there's no way he's 270. Oh, he's, 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 he's probably lost so much weight. He lost so much weight. Oh dude. He doesn't even look like the same guy. Really? I remember when I saw him at big 12, at big 12 media day and I was like, yeah, it does. Yeah. doesn't huh. look like the same person. It's just like, have you watched Ohio state this year? Uh, uh-uh. uh, I bet Caleb Weston's lost 30 pounds. Oh, really? Yeah. Doesn't even look like the same person. Well, see, that doesn't that doesn't surprise me, really, because, I mean, what, what he was a freshman or sophomore last year, right? Sophomore, I think, yeah. Yeah, so he, I mean, he, was, he still had a lot of baby fat on him that could probably be trimmed. Yeah. But... But Doak was 280 before, and he looks like he's probably... I don't know. I mean, see, they... 
Ken Palm has him at 270, but they had him at 270 last yeah. year, and he doesn't look like he did last but year. But I feel like Doke was always like the ripped kind of big, though, like always. So I feel for him to shed down the way, if, if he has, like you say, then that's kind of an interesting development. I would guess that he's probably... I'm, gonna, I'm Googling it. Uh, yeah, this still lists him at 270. I don't think that he's 270. I don't think he's 270. He's probably... I mean, maybe he might be. I don't know. <laughs> But if he's 270, it's a considerably more trim yeah. 270 than it was before. I mean, he looks like he's lost a lot of weight. So that extra, that little extra speed has been helping his uh, percentages as well. Yeah. And like, keep in mind too, like Joel Embiid weighs like 250. <laughs> and he's a big dude. Yeah. They have him listed at 249. So. And he's he's taller than uh Yeah, Doke, he's like 7'1". He? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's crazy. There's no way Joel Embiid's 249 pounds, 249 pounds. It's only 30 more pounds than me. Yeah, there's and he's like yeah. half a foot taller than me. And and more ripped than They're you. They're lying. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> hey, what does that mean? Hey, I, I'm just saying Embiid's ripped. I'm not saying anything about you. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> All right, so you're he, not feeling good about the game? You know, we're just going to transition right into your hot. You went to the gym. That's I a, great, that's a perfect transition. Can we take a break, though? Yeah, sure. All right, we'll take a quick break. Then we'll talk about me going to the gym when we come back on Stands and Fits on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. Welcome back to Stands and Fits in the Carl Chevrolet Studios. CarlChevrolet.com, CarlChevroletStewart.com. Fitzy teased it before the break. I went back to the gym. I'm back in the gym. I'm back. Congratulations. That's my hot this week. How long were you in the gym? How long was I in the gym yesterday? Yeah. Like, was it like a full-on hour plus, or was it like, a, I'll show up for 20 minutes and get my Instagram pics in? No, so I'm a, when I go in and lift, I'm like a get-in, get-out guy. I don't, I don't mess around, really, mm. you know? That's just kind of always been how I was. Mm-hmm. I want to just get it done. So I, I use an app that creates workouts for me and they'll give you like a minute and a half mm-hmm. in between sets and stuff like that, which I do like circuit workouts. So it's like, you're doing one thing and yeah. then you rest for a minute and then you do your other thing and then you rest and like, I'll usually take about half that time. Mm-hmm. So I think it took me about 45 minutes to do the whole workout, but I was probably there for about an hour, including warm up and cool down and all that kind of stuff. So what you're saying is you will soon be catching Joel Embiid. Mm, no, <laughs> probably not. Probably not going to get up to 249. Uh, but I would like to be like 230. Yeah. It would take me quite a while to get there though. And That'll we, be a lot of work. What are you currently at? 220 you said? 219. 219. As of yesterday. Yeah. Which I lost weight after not working out, which is weird. Uh, so I think I lost a lot of my muscle. Yeah. I was I'm say, about to get back. You must have lost some of that muscle mass. Yeah, about to get it all back. It was, I was surprised by how easy some of this stuff was. I was expecting it to be more difficult. What's your least favorite thing to do in the gym? Oh, bench. It's not even close. Really? Yep. And that's what's coming up tomorrow. Oh man, I'm going to be struggling. Yeah. When you've got like a, you know. Yeah. Got, wingspan. Got a wingspan. Yeah. Like, you got to think when you're benching, like you're going up a long way, coming down a long way. Yeah. Like I see all these guys that are really good at the bench and this, these are the ones who make me feel bad about myself when I go into the gym. Well, because they come in and their arms, like they're going like this. Yeah. Pumping them out. Like, yeah. Super short strokes and super, whatnot. Yeah, yeah. And I was just, I'm like, man, I want to be like you, but mm-hmm. at the same time I don't. Well, isn't it, isn't it like, it's, it's a pretty good correlation of people who are short and have short arms that are really good at bench press. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's why like, I mean, unless it's like the NFL, like where it's an offensive tackle who's got a huge wingspan yeah, and he'll still pump out 25 at 235 or whatever it is. Those guys are freaks. Yeah. But like for me, I think the most I've ever benched in my life is like 155. Mm -hmm. 
which is not very good. And which that is was why, really not good when I was playing at college basketball. And which is why, like, when you go back to the, the stories coming out when Kevin Durant was coming out of college and he couldn't, you know, bench whatever the... the uh, oh, yeah, I think they do 185. The standard is. It's yeah. like, I, I didn't put much stock into that. No, but uh, to me, like, if I can get to where I could bench 135 consistently and do, like, a normal set, mm-hmm. I will be happy. But, that again, that will probably take quite a bit of work from... Yeah. on my part to ever get to that point probably uh, a few more episodes worth of stains and fits reporting yeah. M- more than likely <laughs> i mean i the thing like i did squats yesterday mm. which i was like i'm coming back in and i'm coming in hot like let's get this thing you yeah. know let's get it back where i was before when i was at my height like i could squat more than twice my body weight yeah but it, that's where it's like now i'm starting really low because i just know that i'm going to kill myself if i try and get back in it like yeah. I was doing it before and you don't want eventually wanna, I'd like to get back to that point you don't want to overdo it right off the bat too because then you'll you, you know if you get injured then you're gonna not want to work out at all right so. right like I was uh like yesterday I did front squats and I think the most I did was 125 on front squats 10 times and uh I remembered that the last time I like really lifted religiously which was when I was at Simpson the spring after my freshman year at Simpson I have like my return to the gym has been, uh, I'm consistent in being inconsistent. Let's yeah. put it that way. Mm. I'll go to the gym and I'll go for a couple of weeks and then I, I stop. Yeah. I'm, I'm committed to it this time. I'm doing it for myself, not getting somebody else to convince me to do it. Yeah. Um, but like that last spring, I think I did, I want to say that I did like 375 on front squats or, mm. or on back squats. And it was like, uh, that's what I want to get back to. I mm. want to start doing stuff like that where mm. I'm like, flying high above the rim again yeah bringing the pain in the Ankeny City League <laughs> your your uh lack of consistency kind of lines up with my like I, I'm more of a diet guy like I I prefer to you know change my diet as opposed to working out yeah um and yeah like it'll, it'll be a couple weeks where I'm like yeah I'm, I'm fully doing eating no junk not eating out at all eating you know a sandwich for lunch and just one bowl of whatever dinner it is uh-huh. going to bed and there's the next week where I just go full in on eating fast food. And it's like, you know, I've right. had two good weeks. I deserve this, that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. It's, uh, it was funny. I was so life. I've talked a lot about life on here. Uh, and I told him that I was going to start going back to the gym. A uh, shout out to life. He's getting married, uh, one, oh, nice. one year, about a year from now. Um, he, he decided to go on a diet, uh, and me, we're going to, I'm going to hold him accountable. He, mm. he might hold me accountable. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I think it's probably more imperative for him to, He's got a little bit more of a driving force. Yeah, you got to look good for those wedding photos. Right, got to look good for the wedding photos. Uh, So, yeah, it's good. We're both going to be back on the health train. Do you know if he's he's taken uh, engagement pics yet? I have no idea. All right. So I'm going to, uh, I'm going to be the best man in this wedding. Mm. Uh, I have no idea what any of that entails. And I really like, so, I mean, I pretty much knew that probably would be before when he had told me that he was going to propose. And, uh, at that point, he told me that she said yes, and then I didn't hear anything about anything. This was like three weeks ago. Yeah. Until one day we were playing PlayStation. I was like, oh, by the way, like when, do you guys know when you're going to get married? Yeah. And he was like, oh yeah, next January. I was like, okay, cool. Other than that, like that's really about all I know. Yeah. This is, uh, he said, I think he said January 2nd. I was like, well, let's hope that the Cyclones aren't in the Sugar Bowl. Because <laughs> yeah. that, that would make for an interesting uh, decision. Well, no, I mean, I'd... I was like, if they are, I'll cover the game and then I'll hop on the first flight from New Orleans to Minnesota yeah. and be in Minnesota to be at your wedding literally that next day or 
we'll figure something out, mm-hmm. you know, but, uh, yeah. And I just didn't hear anything else about it. I haven't heard anything else about it. I was like, Hey, what, like, what do you want to do for your bachelor party? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, that's the main thing Yeah, he's as like, a as best man. I don't know. I said, okay, well, uh, <laughs> we'll think about it, I guess. Yeah. And let me know. Well, and I mean, if you, if you know the other guys in his wedding party too, then you can always just kind of like do a behind the scenes convo with them on what you all See, I don't do. know. I don't even know if he knows really. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sure he does, Yeah, but I don't, I haven't, I've I literally heard nothing. If it gets to be the fall and you haven't really heard anything else, then you just really start pestering him for that information. When do you even like do a bachelor party? Usually I would say like at the latest two weeks before the wedding, yeah. but like, you know, aim for like a month before the wedding. That's probably about good. So like December sometime. Yeah. That, in, in sometime in December before the holidays would be good for a <sighs> January wedding, I think. Okay. Yeah, I have no idea. I've I've only ever been to like three weddings in my entire life. Although now now that I think about it too, though, is if a lot of people are off during the holidays and like you can line it up well, you could have a nice like, you could even do it during the middle of the week. You know, mm-hmm. if everyone has their schedules lined up that way. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. I just was kind of told, hey, this is the deal. <laughs> this is your role. Mm-hmm. Know your role. Do your job. And that's yeah. that's where I'm at. Yep. Yeah. Plan the bachelor party and make sure he doesn't. You know go up to the altar, freaking out on the day of. Well, I mean, what if I'm freaking out? You won't be freaking out. You You'll know me. You you're know you're me. the best man. You have to keep your calm, keep your cool. You'll be fine. I told him that, uh, I was like, man, I feel like for me to give a speech at the reception, I'm going to have to sit and write down all of the stories <laughs> that I could potentially tell and then go through them and pick out the ones that might yeah. be like wedding appropriate. <laughs> and I'm going to end up with like two stories and then I'm going to be like, damn, yeah. I don't, I don't think I can make a speech out of this. Yeah. I, uh, I've been best man in two weddings. One was for my brother. One was for another friend. And both times I have had like three full pages of like my speech prepared and I just read it like word for word. Cause I, I every time when I'm in a situation where I'm speaking in front of like a live yeah. crew, like my mind goes blank. So I just have to be able to read something. Yeah. And I mean, you can't really go too long for a best man speech, honestly. Right. If you, I mean, so if you have that many stories, just go with it. No, I, f- I feel like I'm going to go, I told him I'm going to go up there with like pieces of paper and take them out of my pocket <laughs> hold them in, and then just be like, you know, I had a speech prepared, but Dude, I'm, just, yeah. I'm just gonna wing it. And it like won't have, they won't have anything yeah. on them. It's just make it up off off top of my head. Well, or you could go with like the, you have like a fishbowl and you just have like topics in there and it's like, whatever <laughs> you pull out of the fishbowl, that was what you, you make in your speech. Um, nah, I, I, I probably will go a little more prepared than that. I don't know, we'll see. Yeah. I, I got some time to think about it, but That's right. I'm excited. I'm, 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 I'm happy for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, you can tell me what your hot is this week. Oh yeah, my hot. Uh, my hot, going back to, to actually talking about something Iowa State related. Um, I, I thought that Jamie Pollard's letter to fans was a good move. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of not something that you see from an AD very much because it kind of hit the nail on the head as far as like the fan base was kind of turning there in the last, you know, especially the last couple of weeks with the the unfortunate end of the bowl game, uh, the Florida A&M loss, basketball. And that was even before, that letter came before the TCU um, unfortunate loss in overtime as well. Yeah. But you could kind of tell that like things were starting to go too hard in the negative direction. And he addressed that um, in his letter. And I thought that was actually a really good um, showcase of how well he has his pulse on the fans, like the fan pulse. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. That was definitely a good move. Um, I think if, if anything, director Pollard knows, has proven that he knows how to handle rocky situations. Yeah. He, he's been very good um, on the public relations side of things. Yeah. And it was like, 
it things had gone very like had really gone from being very positive to being very not positive like very quickly yeah it was weird too like usually you see them come out right away and thank everybody like after games and stuff like that like after the bowl game and I mean, mm-hmm. I had someone DM me and ask why Director Pollard and K- Matt Campbell had not thanked the fans after going to Orlando, which is yeah, is a whole other conversation that probably would be better for you and I to have off of this podcast. Yep. But uh, it it was one of those things to me where it was like, I know that how much that means to a faction of the fan base, like to have make sure that those people know or like or are giving acknowledgement to them. Yeah. You know. Does that make sense? Yeah, you gotta you gotta grease the squeaky wheel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and that letter was good, I think, to kind of solidify or to to uh, satisfy yeah. that, that faction of people because it was kind of uh, that faction of people, and just kind of because that faction of people was leading to more people going down that road, right? And it was not a good direction to go. No, yeah, that was that was definitely good on on Director Pollard. Uh, my not this week. What did I write down? Oh, yeah, geography. I don't know if you saw this. Uh, I saw a tweet during the Vikings game, and it was um, someone had, had, like, a blank map of the United States, and it said, and like, but the state lines and stuff were all there. Mm-hmm. And it said, put a sticker where the state of Iowa is. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. No one could do it? The number of idiots that are in this country that don't know where the state of Iowa is maybe I'm in the 1% or maybe I'm in like this in, you know, a high percentile. I feel like I could tell you where every state in the United States is. I absolutely At could. least in it. And the only ones I think I would have trouble with are the ones in the Northeast. Mm-hmm. How bad is the education system in other parts of this country? That was like, I, I will say that I was, I was homeschooled for three years, like in the, the second to fifth grade area. Uh-huh. And that was, you know, when you kind of memorize the states and everything. So yeah. my mom made it very sure that I did memorize those things. And I do have a question about this. Like where, where were these people that were doing this located? Are they, are they coastal? coastal I don't people? know. It's just people on Twitter. But it's like, that's something that I feel like everyone in America should have memorized. You should know where the states are. Right. Like, how do you not know when you look at a map? Yeah. How can you, like, you have the map in front of you. It's not like you're just trying to blindly guess, mm-hmm. you know. How do you not know the difference between Nebraska and Iowa? Mm-hmm. And it's and you're not even like, not where it's like, oh, I'm from Iowa. And you're just having a conversation. Oh, that's where the potatoes are. No, yeah. that's like, that's two different things, <laughs> you know. But when you have the map and you can look at it and be like, oh, Iowa is here. Idaho is here. Mm. Ohio is over here. Like those are three different things that are in three very different parts of the country. Yeah. And yet people like they, they can't even say, Oh, this is Iowa and this is Missouri Mm. or this is Iowa and this is Colorado. Yeah. That's stupid. How stupid are you? I mean, that's the thing. Like if if you show me, like if you did a full on, uh, just the outline of the States, like no, no context of where they are. Like I'm pretty sure I could get all 50 just knowing the outline, like the outline shape of the States. Yeah. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. How do you not do that? How can people, how are there people in this country that can't do that? I have no idea. Our, the education system has failed us. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure how you fix that. Um, guess I'll have to talk to my teacher wife about that. Not everybody, I guess, can have uh, Mr. Bird like they did at Clarendon High School back in the day where, like I did. Was he, a, was he a fun one to have? He was a geography teacher. Yeah, he was cool. Yeah. Mm. Mr. Bird's good, good stuff. That's good. Uh, one time I fell asleep in his class. He... What, what he, grade was this? I think I was a freshman 
And okay. he just was like, he was cool with it. So, and you, I mean, and he wasn't cool with it. But you would learn the states I didn't by get then. In trouble. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, Dude, just clarifying. I, I remember having this thing, man, I was probably like, maybe even before kindergarten, I don't remember. There was like, it was like before iPads even where you had like books that you could put onto a deal and then like there was a pen yeah and the pen was like interactive you yeah. know oh yeah, yeah yeah and they had a states one and i would go through and, and it would say this, like where's alabama and mm-hmm. you'd go through and you'd hit alabama we had a a like a straight up puzzle it's just you know a, a united states yeah. each puzzle piece is the state right and that helped a lot with that kind of thing we need to bring this back mm-hmm. like now kids are playing uh, what do they play? Fortnite. They're playing Angry Birds. Angry and, Birds. And uh, Fortnite on the iPad. PUBG. Yeah, PUBG. I'm sure that there's lots of kindergartners playing PUBG. Yeah, I, you'd be surprised nowadays, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I guess <laughs> you're probably right. But we need to get back to the States. We need to get back to teaching our children the, the, the United States. We need to start teaching them about the Bill of Rights, Yeah. Uh, the, the presidents. Do you remember the trading, like the uh, flashcards that they used to make that like you, you folded them up and... You could like pull them out and yeah, each and like, individual one. And like educational things, like where in the world is Carmen San Diego and stuff like that. I feel yeah. like all those those kind of services need to come back. Yeah, we need to bring back where's Waldo. That was very educational. Well, like, I finding just, Waldo I, doesn't have anything to do with it, like the no, education. I love, but I, that's I what I Waldo. what made me think of was where's Waldo and yeah. I Spy. Do you remember I Spy? Oh yeah. Whatever happened to these things? Dude, those are, those are like, when you go to the school library for books, those are the ones that everyone wanted. Like, they wanted Where's Waldo, I Spy, and Guinness Book of World Records. That's what people always went to uh, Scholastic, Scholastic Book Fair. Yeah. And they'd want to get stuff like that. But then yeah. they'd find out that books are more expensive than what you would think. <laughs> you know, when you get your $10 or whatever they gave you to get your free book. Yeah. And then it's like, damn, a normal book's like $20. Yep. I can't afford this with my free book. Yep. You can get the, uh, the Magic Treehouse book, but you can't get the Guinness Book of World Records. Yeah. Man, shout out to Magic Treehouse too. I feel like people learned a lot from them. Boxcar Children, trying to think of other ones. Uh, I'm trying, yeah. I read a lot of uh, Matt Christopher books. I don't know if you remember him or not. He had a lot of sports books. Yep. Uh, Like the Wayne Gretzky, Yeah. Michael Jordan. He wrote like the, uh, to me, what at that time was the uh, preeminent biography on Michael Jordan. Yeah. You know, another one I read a lot of was, uh, Dan Gutman. He was one of my favorite authors. He did. Yeah, the, I remember him. If you had the, um, the, the, the time traveling baseball card books, I don't know if you, if, if anyone's listening, to this has ever read Dan Gutman, let me know. Cause yeah. that was one of my favorite. I'm authors. sure that there is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I think that there's, we've probably taken some people back on a serious nostalgia road. We have to the, like the late nineties and the <laughs> early two thousands right there. Yeah. Which, man, crazy. It's 2020, dude. The 90s were two decades ago. I know. Man, whatever happened to Steve from Blue's Clues? Did you ever watch Blue's Clues back I did. in the day? I did. Yeah. Um, I just remember he went to college. Whatever happened to him after that? Didn't he get busted for doing some kind of drug? Man, I guess I, it would make a lot more sense about some of the people in our generation. I feel like, it was, some, I feel like it was something hard, too, like cocaine or something. Oh, sh- shoot. Yeah. I hate to hear that about Steve. I, I mean, I, 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 I might be slandering him there. So you, we should fact check that before saying you it. didn't say his name or anything. So yeah, you're right. I'm sure we're probably good. Yeah. But, uh, but and, would, and you're just saying you think that's what happened. <laughs> you don't know for certain. Yeah. Well, when I was watching the Macy's, uh, prayed for Thanksgiving, uh, a couple months ago, obviously. And, uh, the guy who is in blues clues now was on like one of the floats uh-huh. doing his, his song and dance and it wasn't Steve. And I felt betrayed. Oh, Steve's been gone for 15 plus years. Oh, I know that he was gone. Like when my sister was little, like it wasn't, it wasn't a shock to me that there's obviously the new guys up there, but it was like, it's still an imposter where Steve's Steve's position was. I feel like children's television took a serious turn. Like after our generation, like it went from blues clues, uh, little bear, 
things like that. Like yeah. to all of a sudden it's, uh, it's Teletubbies. Like what do you learn from Teletubbies? Well, I, I mean, I was just going to say that I'm a PBS. I was a PBS kid. Uh-huh. I wasn't like a Nickelodeon kid growing up. I know I hate, I, you I, hate I, to hear it. <laughs> I know I would, I had a very deprived childhood. Um, but yeah, like Teletubbies was trash. Yeah, Teletubbies was trash. Caillou uh, was trash. Caillou was trash. Uh, Parents I, will agree with that. I remember people uh, used to watch uh, the dragons. What were the dragons called? Oh, uh, between, or no, 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 between the lions was one. That was the one. That, and, um, but yeah, what was the dragons one? Oh, uh, it's going to kill me because I know it. I can't remember what, yeah. We both know who, like the pink, there was a pink and a blue one. I yeah. remember that. I can see A two headed one. Yeah, I can see it in my mind, yeah. but I can't even think of what their name is. I can't uh, either. No, dude, one of my great disappointments was going to Universal Studios and finding out that that Nickelodeon Studios had closed. Oh, like yeah. Like 10 years ago. Like where well, you could actually go ago, and like see like the slime and everything. Yeah, like where that. you could go and see where they did like Double Dare and Temples of the Hidden. Uh, Legends of the Hidden yeah, Temple. Yeah, Legends of the Hidden Temple. Yeah. Man, all I ever wanted in my life was to be slimed. Yep. I feel like that was never too much to ask. What was the one uh, that was like a little more sportsy and it was kind of like indoors? Um, it ended with like the big mountain. Yeah, what was that? Uh, man. It's going to really bother me if we don't get that one. Nick Gas? Is that right? Yeah. No, no. That, that rings a bell, though. Yeah. I think, it, I, think it, I think you're right. Yeah, and they, would, they had the big, uh, what'd they call that thing? Man, the mountain. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> right now, I'm But not- it was the same, that same yeah. era. And then they had, like, Figure It Out. Do you remember that one? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, they had Figure It Out. They had Double Dog, uh, or Double Dare. They had... Uh, Legends of the Hidden Temple. And the, the funny thing for me is too, like I, I watched all those, but it was after we finally got cable TV. Like I, I watched all the reruns. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I never watched them. I don't think, I mean, Legends of the Hidden Temple was on like in the early nineties. That yeah. was even before, before like, I could have ever been on it. Yeah. yeah. Man, we need to bring that back. Mm-hmm. Legends of the Hidden, Hidden Temple needs well, to make a comeback. They're having a Star Wars themed um, show that's like Legends of the Hidden Temple. I think it's supposed to be on Disney plus. So like for real? Yeah, I'm pretty for positive. For like adults or for? Like for, it'll be for kids. Oh man, that sucks. <laughs> I mean, can say, we head to an adults version, please? I mean, yeah, I'd go, I'd, I'd apply for the adults version of that show. That for sure. Oh dude, I forgot to tell you. Uh, I watched The Bachelor last night. Man, we could, we could spend a whole hour on this. Yeah, I, I, I watched as well. <sighs> dude, okay. There were so many, we, we, we obviously won't talk that no. much about it, but like, no, I mean, we're 50 were, minutes in. So it's were, like, if you're here, then you're, you're probably a dedicated uh, stands and fits listener. Yeah, we thanks. might as well just we can make, we can make this a segment. Thanks for sticking around. But uh, yeah, there was an abnormal amount of female genitalia puns. Oh yeah, <laughs> last night. Yeah, and windmill jokes. I didn't get. The oh my god. Jokes. Okay, so the the, the thing. I about, mean, I get it now because yeah. I I did some research. But they, he had lots of coitus in the windmills on last season. Yeah, a bachelorette. Yeah, but yeah, um, there are a lot of women who have no problem making, yeah, weird jokes. So this is my thing about, like, I feel like I'm coming into this with fresh eyes, you know, maybe there was a point where people like went on this show with the intention of actually finding love. Oh, that's totally changed now. Yeah. There's no way that any of these people actually go on there with the intention of finding I'd love. I'd say, I'd say 25% are actually there to find love and the other 75% just want to grow their brand. Yeah. And it was so ridiculous to me the way that these girls were acting after they got, they didn't get a rose on the first night. That one girl is just bawling. She's yeah. like, I thought we were meant to be together. I'm like, you yeah. knew this guy for one night. You maybe had one conversation with him. Yeah. And you are convinced that you're meant to be together. 
and it's always great like even the ones who do get a lot of time with the bachelor like yeah. they, they'll say oh i'm already in love yeah or i'm i'm starting to fall in love when it's only been like two days in real time right and it just it makes no sense to me the like the psychology of the show yeah is quite fascinating because i i know for a fact that the the producers tell them to say some things oh yeah it makes you wonder how you, you know there's no way that some of these people are riding up like on a paper airplane yeah you know like thinking that that's a good idea yeah if i saw that i'd be like yeah you could just go home like you can save us both some time and just go home right now it was crazy that the one girl like actually came in a, a like a luggage bag yeah she actually was able to fold her body in, and it wasn't like a big oversized luggage, luggage no. bag it was a regular size luggage bag and she fit in it it's insanity yeah that's that's what i'm thinking it is the human body should not be able to do that and then the best the best part of the entire episode was at the end when chris harrison came in and to take the cow afterwards and said, this is utterly ridiculous. <laughs> utterly. I, I literally, I, yeah. I, I was like, <laughs> I was there like slapping the couch. I was like, man, yeah. this guy, like that, it was too perfect. Like, yeah. It, Cause you can tell like, sometimes it's like, people are like, oh, I've got this joke I'm going to make, but no, he delivered it perfectly. Yeah. I was like, that's phenomenal. Like, I mean, yeah, I love to make fun of the bachelor as much as I, you know, it's, it's a, it's a guilty pleasure watch yeah. at this point for me. But like Chris Harrison is legitimately good at what he does. He has show. to be one of the highest paid people in television based like on how much work they do. Oh yeah. He does nothing. No. Um, yeah. He, he basically, he plays the perfect balance of therapist and instigator as yeah. far as like getting people to where they'll, they'll freak out, but then not so much that they'll go off the, the, the deep end. Right. Well, and it's funny too, cause there's like that one girl who was from Chicago that was an attorney. Yeah. And right. I mean, she was like 25. 25 or 26 or something. And when they showed her on the show, I'm like, lady, you're a 26 year old attorney in Chicago. Why are you on a television show to find love? You could, it's like, and she's good looking. So it's like, you just need to like go and outside, you go know, outside and you can find someone to fall in love with. You know this what, is not hard. The, the, the thing that bothers me or one of the things that bothers me the most about the people who go on these kind of shows is that like, all of them are attractive. Let's be honest. Like yeah, in real life, yeah. if we saw any of these ladies or, you know, when it's the bachelor at any of the men, yeah. they'd be nine out of 10 minimum in real life. Yeah. But there's so many of them say, it's like, I have never been able to find a man like this one bachelor who they're going for. Right. When it's like, there's a million guys out there who are great guys or girls or whatever, right. you know, yeah. but for whatever reason, these insanely attractive people have never been able to find a person that will treat them well. Right. And I was taught the person I was watching it with, I was saying like the, the guy, Pete, like that is the bachelor. They talk about him or he's talking about how he like has trouble finding love. And I'm like, this guy would not have any trouble no. finding love. I mean, he's a pilot. He's a good looking guy. He's what? 28 or something like that. Yeah. And he's not a dick. No, he's not an asshole. Like he, sh he will have no trouble finding love. Mm -hmm. And she's like, well, he's a pilot. I was like, <laughs> okay, but he's also taken uh, how long did it take for her? Did he have to take off work to shoot the bachelorette? Probably like four months. Yeah. Okay. And then he turns around and take another four months off to shoot the bachelor. This man ain't no pilot. No. Like, uh, he ain't no full-time pilot, no. you know? And is like, you can say whatever you want about him being a pilot. He, this dude ain't a pilot. Exactly. And that's just what's so ridiculous to me. But, uh, they talk a lot about applying for the show. Maybe I'm going to apply for the next season of the bachelor. I mean that I've, I've been, I think urging, that would be good for the brand. I have a couple single friends and I've, I've been urging them to apply for the bachelorette. 
Would you help well. me out with my bid to get onto the Bachelorette? Oh yeah, I know. I by this at this point in time, I know what they want. Do you think Chris would allow me to take four months off to go and be on the Bachelorette? Absolutely. I feel like you would too. He that would, would be great for the brand. Dude. It would be incredible content. Like think about all the blog, like the the views that Cycle Fanatic would get from you going on the Bachelorette. Oh man, that would be so fun. It would. It would be so funny. I. That's the problem is I would have a really hard time taking it seriously. Yeah. <laughs> I'd I'd be there. I'd be the guy that's there like making fun of the entire process. Yeah. You know, I've always thought that like if I were ever going to go on a reality show, it'd be hard not to like just look at the camera and be like, I'm doing this or like, you know, make a, make a cheesy one liner about, yeah. you know, I'm actually on the show. Yeah. And obviously like, I'm sure people have done that in the past, but they, they can't show the, those things. Right. I would treat it like my own personal, uh, shooting of the office. Yes. Than I would like the bachelor. Yeah. It'd be like Jim looking at the camera and giving a weird, you know, right. A weird space. I feel like I would be a professional at the reactions though. Yeah. Cause they always, someone will say something, uh, scandalous and then they'll like, shoot to the other people with their reaction faces and I would never look at the camera but I would just like yeah I would always I would always be prepared to make my reaction faces yeah you'd become a, a walking meme is what you'd become oh yeah I'd be all for it dude mm-hmm. I'd be all in oh yeah I might have to put some put some consideration into this yep there's our seven minute breakdown of the <laughs> bachelor well done that's, this goes to show how little we had to talk about coming into today. Yeah. All right. So you've got your not. My not. I, I feel like this is like a complete, like we're coming down, down the mountain and this is just like, oh, okay, we're going to end with this. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just tired of seeing K-pop trends in my, my Twitter <laughs> trend. <laughs> like how random, I, I know it's very random at this point, but like every day I get on Twitter and there's like a new random K-pop related hashtag. Like I think. The, I don't the one, ever see K-pop hashtag. You don't? No. Oh what God. have you like, been tweeting about? What well, have you been searching? I, uh, nothing. Like I just have default United States Twitter trends um, as my trending stuff. And for whatever reason, I like number two slash number three trending is always K-pop related. Like today, I think BTS apparently announced that they're coming out with like a, they're coming out with another album. And that happened today. If I look at my trends right now, it won't be for you. It says Iran says it carried out missile attack on Iraqi base where U.S. troops are stationed. Wow, that's, Whoa, that just, that's <laughs> definitely not K-pop, and no, that is very unsettling. Uh, yeah, I mean, Bachelor Nation is sharing most accurate contestant doppelgangers. I definitely gonna have to look <laughs> at that later. Yeah. Uh, so, like, those are the things that are on, like, on mine. Mine are all really sad. Wow. At least 40 killed after stampede at funeral for Soleimani. Jeez. Maybe you need a little bit of K-pop in your life. I might need a little K-pop. Yeah. Okay. So now I'm on trending. Clemson. Get well soon. I don't know who that is. Nick Sandman. That's the Covington kid. Elvis in five words. Charlemagne. Shaq. Aubrey Huff. Aubrey Huff has really been on one today. I don't know if you saw that. I haven't. He said some very controversial things. Let's just put it that way. You probably weren't on Twitter as much as I was. But no. The sun is coming. Maybe that's... No, that doesn't look like K-pop. Um, I like I'm on my app right now, and there's nothing. Of course, one the one time I want there to be K-pop, there's not. But earlier this like this morning, guaranteed fact there was there was a K-pop hashtag. I don't really look at mine very much. I usually look at the for you, which is probably why it's all news. I guess yeah, you're right. I was looking at for you here. Let me see if it's let me see trends. Dude, number one right here. Look at that trending for me. Who is that? Get well soon, Hasul. I have no idea, but it's related to K-pop. Who? Oh, it is K-pop. Oh, yeah. Who is Hasul? I don't know. I have oh, no- Mott Seven, Mott S Seven. Yeah. No, now I see it. Yeah. There's literally always a K-pop trend. What even is K-pop? I don't even know. That's like Korean pop music. Yeah, right? Korean pop music. Why are they all? Why is it all over Twitter? They have uh, they have armies of followers. You just need to keep it in the 
like keep it keep it cool in the in the for you yeah i mean the problem is uh, again like I'm, when i'm at work I'm, i need to not because clearly it's very depressing <laughs> yeah i mean when i'm at work i'm on the desktop app so it's different so it shows me the united states trends and it's always k-pop related huh well there and we i'm go. sick of it there we go i i'm sorry yeah i i hate to hear that for you yeah uh all right ending things with an announcement or an update an update uh i'm victorious yes you have very handily won this year's stands and fits underrated underdog extravaganza what was the thing last year what do you mean what was the thing didn't we have like some sort of stakes i can't even remember were there any stakes on this um i had to go back and listen i can't remember I don't remember either. I, I feel like, there, like we've I often there, said that there's going to be stakes, but we never like hardly we never ever through. come through. And usually that's didn't me. Didn't you shotgun a beer or something? That was one thing I was supposed to do, but I didn't. Oh, okay. Well, now we could both shotgun beers. When, what were you supposed to do that for? I don't even remember. That was something a lot. That was like first year stands and fits stuff. Oh, okay. But I can't remember. I can't remember. Because it was an ice house I was supposed to shotgun. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I remember but, that. Yeah. I definitely still don't want to do that. <sighs> no, you won't have to do that. I don't know. I know I lost last year. We need to get like even back out on this. We need to get back to. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, bowl, bowl related, man, you killed it this year. Yeah, you, I, I did well. For those uh, who haven't kept track, Jared won picking underdogs, underdogs that Jared picked out of 20. He has picked seven that won the game entirely straight up. Straight up. Yeah. There was a point, I think after nine games, I'd won six, if yeah. I remember correctly. Yeah. I, I probably... I'd have to go back and look, but like against the spread and everything, I think I had like, I think I had 10 or 10 or 12 wins. Yep. I did quite well. You did. Um, and well, it's out of 19 actually. Cause I got the championship game, didn't I? Uh, yes. So yep. I've only done 19. So technically he could have another win as well, which right. would be Clemson. Uh, I think they're favored to, or excuse me. Clemson is dogs of yeah. five and a half points. At the LSU, moment. Yeah. What was, uh, what'd you say I could have won if I would have bet? I was just going to go the money uh, line on all those. So if, if Jared had picked, I'm pulling it up in my, my, uh, we stuff right here. sent each other some very long text messages. Well, I sent you some very long text messages. You did. We were, we'll be we closer were to accurate. We were discussing things. Um, okay. So if you had bet $10 on all of your underdogs, that you had picked who ended up winning the game outright and put it in a parlay, you would have won $9,395.23. That's on a $10 bet. On a $10 parlay bet, if you picked all those teams. Yeah, that would have been a really stupid parlay. It would have been incredible. And obviously, you never would have done it because the chances of that hitting are actually super slim. But I do think the seven that won were the ones that I felt most confident about going into it. Yes, I believe that is true. So, good for you. Thanks, man. I yeah. appreciate it. I you, appreciate you wiped it. up. Uh, you also won the regular season, so you just flat out dominated this year. Congratulations. It's the year. It was the year of stands, 2019. It was. Good thing we've moved on to a new year, the year of fits, 2020. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. All right, man. I'll talk to you again next week, okay? Yeah, sounds good. Hopefully, we'll have some more positive things to talk about when it comes to the world of Iowa State. Indeed. And as well as, apparently now, another Bachelor update mm-hmm. at the end of every podcast. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks to Carl Chevrolet. We'll talk to you guys again soon. Peace.